Hello and welcome back to episode two of the Maroon and White Nation podcast. I'm your host, Spencer Wright, uh, back with another episode. Got a lot to cover in episode two. A lot of things happened. You know, the controversial finish at Memphis. Uh, We're going to talk a lot about that. Uh, We've got a lot of things to cover. I've got some new segments for you guys. Uh, it's got a special guest on the podcast joining us uh, today, and we're excited about that. So today's special guest is Stephen Russell. Stephen is a senior at Mississippi State University, uh, Mississippi native, been a state fan his entire life uh, from Columbus, Mississippi. Steve, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to be here, Spence. Um, looking forward to having a great show with you. So Mississippi State drops the decision over the weekend, 31-29 to Memphis, uh, in a very winnable game for Mississippi State. Uh, the Bulldogs, I mean, out outgained the Tigers by over 200 yards. And if you would have told me Mississippi State would have had more offensive yards than, than Memphis by, by 100 yards or 50 yards, man, I would have thought the Bulldogs won with ease. But uh, that was not the case as Mississippi State uh, – you know, like I said, outplayed the Tigers, but Memphis comes out on top, 31-29, and a, a tough loss for Mississippi State, a game that, that the Bulldogs uh, let slip away, uh, you know, led by 10 at halftime, and the Bulldogs were really outplaying the Tigers, and Memphis was lucky to be still in that ball game uh, heading into the second half. Uh, but a tough one for Mississippi State, Tough one, tough pill to swallow. Uh, Steve, what did you see on Saturday? So I will say um, it's very easy to kind of point out the the obvious stuff, like the the missed penalty on that punt, whether it was a down ball, which I do believe it was, or having Memphis have the double numbers out there, having two guys wearing number four, it's absolutely unacceptable. And that was just one example of a terrible weekend in general from SEC officiating. Um, they need to find a way to hold those officials accountable because there isn't really a great way to do that so far. But going back to the Bulldogs, I would say there are a lot of things that were kind of footnote in this game because of the headlines of these, of these missed penalties, one of which is our offensive line struggled with penalties and really held us back in that sense, taking away potential big plays. And I'll also say, I don't know if this is so much a scheme issue or just Will Rogers, but his pass attempts, over nearly 30% of his pass attempts are behind the line of scrimmage. And he showed a couple times taking deep shots and connecting down the field. I'm just wondering where where is that kind of offensive production going it's obvious that we have that talent and we have that talent at receivers. Why weren't we taking full advantage of that? Is that a scheming thing or is that more so Will Rogers? Man, I think you hit the nail on, on the head right there talking about, uh, man, the offensive line. Offensive line uh, for Mississippi State, uh, I think Scott Lashley, who had been pretty solid uh, so far this season for Mississippi State, was – was just really bad on Saturday. Uh, several penalties cost Mississippi State big time. Uh, and, and, you know, once again, 
uh, against a, a lesser opponent in Memphis. Memphis defensive line is not great. And the Bulldogs, uh, I mean, they gave Rodgers a little bit of time, but still, again, uh, really need to see that uh, group improve. Uh, and also, going back to Will Rodgers, I think Rodgers, you know, when he took chances deep on Saturday, I talked about this in the article, uh, three takeaways uh, that that was posted this earlier this week. But, like, man, we connected on some deep balls. And Makai Polk had two catches. He had one for a touchdown uh, yet at the very end uh, to get Mississippi State within two. And it just seemed like Mississippi State just won't take chances downfield unless they absolutely have to. Uh, and back to the, to the old behind-the-line-of-scrimmage pass attempts, uh, you had Jaquavius Marks go down early. Uh, I mean, he was hurt the, basically the entire game. And so that really hurt Mississippi State. You know, you had, you had Dylan Johnson, who was also banged up early as well, lower uh, leg injury. I do want to say a, a valiant effort from him. It's obvious he was in pain throughout that game, but he really, uh, really put his head down and just continued to grind and really gave our team as good of a chance to win at the end of the game, uh, given the circumstances. But I have a stat here for you, Spence. Um, looking at Will Rogers' uh, pass attempts throughout the season so far, do you want to guess how many attempts he has of 20-plus yards? Uh, so I, was, I actually did see this stat pop up on the Twitter timeline a couple days ago. Uh, I know 30 yards and, and over. I can't remember what it – I think he's seven for nine. For 20-plus yards, that's correct. Oh, 20, okay. 20-plus okay. yards, not yeah. even 30. <clears throat> With three touchdowns and 207 yards. I, it's tough for me to understand when you have a guy who has over 150 pass attempts and he's only taking a true deep shot nine times through the first three games, two of which were against – lesser opponents, and I would dare say inferior defenses, that being no Louisiana doubt. Tech and Memphis. No doubt. Yeah, no, I, I I, mean, I was at the game on Saturday, and I was sitting with my, my buddy, Charlie Steele, and, man, I just I just kept asking, when are we going to take a chance deep, you know, because, I mean, this Memphis defense was giving up, I want to say, 390 passing yards a game, and that was to Arkansas State and Nichols State. So, I mean – Bulldogs definitely have more talent than those guys, and, and State just kept throwing the short passes. And, and that's why you saw the offense stall for most of that ball game, especially in the second half, uh, you know, from about this third quarter. The whole third quarter, man, that offense was just stagnant, and, and that's when Memphis got the momentum back and, and took the lead. Uh, the offense just couldn't get anything going with the short passes. Uh and also with the running back situation where it was with an injured Dylan Johnson uh, and a J.J. Jernigan, who played well. Uh, he hadn't played much yet in his career at State, but uh, he got some got some touches on on Saturday. But, I mean, most of them were just some screen passes out of the backfield where, you know, the linebacker was coming at him full speed and really had nothing to do with it. Um, and, and Mississippi State really has to – figure out some ways to move the ball downfield and, and put some points on the board, man. Mississippi State left some points out there again this Saturday. 
I mean, the big one, I think, after the Emmanuel Forbes interception, had a chance to bury the Tigers right there up 17-7 and and fail to score. Can't even get any points on the board. uh, As well as go for it on fourth down, pass gets knocked away. Uh, And so things like that uh, you point to in a game like this where Mississippi State could have easily won this one, been 3-0 going into LSU. Uh, but that's just not the case. Uh, anything else you want to add about the ball game, Steve? I will say I was very impressed with the defense uh, this this weekend, only giving up 17 points uh, for Memphis's offense because you had the fumble recovery for a touchdown and then that that punt return. Um, coming into the season, I was not sure how tough our defense is going to be. I feel like there were a, a few question marks. But so far, I've been extremely impressed. I'm wondering if they'll be able to keep that up. And one of the other issues with the offense right now is we're just having these quick three and outs, which does not help our defense whatsoever. Um, I I think focusing on that, it's going to get more difficult for the defense later on in the season unless the offense starts to click more and be more cohesive. So – Again, uh, a great performance from the defense. It's it's a shame how the game ended, uh, but I, I do believe that this can be a sort of spark heading into this upcoming game against LSU. Yeah, uh, going back to the the officiating mistakes, uh, that's just inexcusable in a high level Division One football game. That just cannot happen. Uh, I mean, they missed several things in that one play. And then, I mean, without – I mean, not even talking about the whole onside kick, Mississippi State recovered. Uh, and then it was then it was a uh, review. And, and they found a flag after the fact. Uh, I mean, just things like that uh, that really Mississippi State couldn't, couldn't overcome. Uh, but that's behind us now. Uh, and that's that's a tough loss. Uh, probably Mississippi State's going to need to win a game that we probably didn't think they were going to win going in now to make a bowl game. Uh, moving on, man, we're going to talk a little bit about this upcoming week's game. Mississippi State will open up SEC play with the LSU Tigers. Uh, if you can remember last year, uh, Mississippi State went into Baton Rouge knocked off the defending national champions behind K.J. Costello's 623 uh, passing yards. And it was it was a welcome to the SEC from Mike Leach and, and it had Mississippi State fans and, and people across the nation, man, just excited about this Bulldog team and, uh, man, things didn't pan out like we thought they would. Uh, but we get the rematch. Uh, obviously, last year, LSU – had Bo Pelini as defensive coordinator, ran man-to-man the entire game. And obviously Mississippi State exploited that uh, and for an SEC record, 623 yards. Uh, but we'll see what happens. This See if LSU can, can learn from their mistakes last year. Uh, 11 a.m. kickoff. Uh, so it's going to be bright and early. At Davis Wade Stadium, uh, Steve, what are you? What are you? What are your thoughts? 
on this weekend's game. So, so going into this game, I'm of the opinion that this is a a win or go home game for Ed Ogeron. Um, I, I think if he loses his game, he pretty much signs his death certificate as the head coach of the LSU Tigers. Um, <clears throat> this is a big opportunity for Mississippi State. There's a lot of potential to kind of find a way to right the ship so far early in the season. And I think there is an element to where Mississippi State has to take advantage right now when they have an LSU team coming in to Starkville, not looking the best whatsoever, had an early season loss to UCLA, was not impressive in that game whatsoever. We, as a football team, cannot let these opportunities go to waste, and this could very well be – a stepping stone for Mississippi State to kind of, to, to kind of improve its standing in the SEC West. We've been looking for multiple opportunities to do this so far for years now. Um, so hopefully, I, I believe our guys will be be ready and get up for this game, even though it is an 11 a.m. kickoff. Uh, I know the fans will definitely be ready, even after last week's loss. This is still a big game, no matter what the record is, no matter what the ranking is, no matter what the number is beside the team. Um, this is a game that that always means a lot to specifically Mississippi State fans, but somewhat to LSU. It's a, it's an early season test for them every year, um, so we will we will see how it how it shakes out. Yeah, uh, I think the consensus feel around Mississippi State fans is that that Mississippi State can and will will win this game. I think a lot of a lot of fans aren't aren't scared of the Tigers coming into town. I think a lot of a lot of fans that uh I mean I've just talked to recently, uh, especially over this past week after the Memphis game, uh feel like this is a chance for Mississippi State to, like you said, right the ship uh and have a chance to kind of flip the script and turn kind of get this season going back where it should be uh, and back in the right direction after uh, the Memphis game. Uh, a lot of – I mean, like like you said, LSU has not been impressive this season. Uh, really the only tough test they had was UCLA, and they they failed that one. Uh, UCLA really handled that game uh, from the get-go, winning it, I believe it was 38-27 uh, over there on the West Coast. but And, and I will say, the, the score of that game, I, I watched the majority of that game, the score doesn't really reflect how that game went. Um, it was completely dominated by UCLA the entire time. It wasn't a case where they had a couple touch – or a touchdown late to really to really blow it open. That was a, uh impressive performance by UCLA, but who now doesn't look as strong after that uh, Fresno State loss. But – Continue. Yeah, uh, you know, obviously LSU's out. They they're without uh, John Emery Jr. this week and, and possibly this season. He's had some 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 issues with. Apparently, he was enrolled in the wrong class, and so he is out. Uh, and, and he's, I mean, one of the big playmakers for LSU uh, coming into the season, and and so they'll, they'll be without him. I mean, obviously, <laughs> LSU's going to have a talented roster year in and year out. Uh, but 
they just really haven't impressed me so far this year. You, uh, you got a guy, quarterback Max Johnson. Uh, pull up his stats real quick, uh, but he he just hasn't really been impressive uh, for the Tigers leading that offense. Um, I mean, obviously they're going to be upset. Uh, a lot of them played on last year's team. They remember what Mississippi State did on that week one of the 2020 season. Uh, so a lot of them are going to want some revenge. Uh, I know Coach O wants some revenge. Like you said, he's playing, I mean, for 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 his job this season. And, and so this is a big game for both teams, I believe. Um, you know, looking back to, man, recent years, Mississippi State has had a lot more success against LSU than they had in, in years past. And, and We'll see if that continues on Saturday. Uh, Steve, you got a got a score prediction? <clears throat> I, I think it'll be more of a lower scoring game. Um, I, I don't see it being another 45-42 shootout. Um, I, I, I see a game where both defenses – kind of have their way a little bit for some turnovers for both sides. Um, but still some points are, are being put up. I can easily see this game finishing like a 28, 24 uh, nitty gritty tough game um, in which the Bulldogs come out on top. But I, I think we're going to have to have a lot more consistent play from Will Rogers extending the field, really pushing it and being precise with his uh, short passes. <clears throat> LSU has a, a fairly good defensive line, and so they will be potentially having their way against a struggling offensive line for State. But I, I believe if we are able to function at a high rate and really get the passes out quick and really exploit LSU's defense in the open field, I think we have a really good chance to win. Yeah, I have to agree with that. Uh, I think it's going to be a very – I think it's going to be close for a while. But I just kind of have, have a really good feeling about this weekend. I think Mississippi State uh, comes out ready to play, uh, learns from last week. I think you'll see Tulu Griffin get a lot more offensive snaps, and that's been something uh, that's kind of been puzzling a lot of State fans, why, you know, an electric return man like that, you know, also a receiver, really not getting the touches that he deserves. Uh, and I think this weekend, Mississippi State, Mike Leach already said it uh, previously this week that he wants to get Tulu more involved in the offense. And I think you'll see that a lot uh, with some screens and some just get him on the field more, get him the ball in space and let him do his thing. And I think Mississippi State will do that this week. I think the Bulldogs come out with a, I'm going to have to go 35 21. Win over the LSU. I think this offense back at home has some more success. Uh, I think the defense, uh, you know, kind of gets hit in the mouth early against LSU, but but kind of settles in and wins this one 35-21 in favor of Mississippi State. Uh, going back, uh, like I said, I was talking about Max Johnson just a second ago. Uh, so far in three games played, he's, he's 71 for 109, two interceptions, and 11 touchdowns. Uh, he's averaging 293 yards per game. Uh, and, and if you remember last year, 
they had towards the end of, end of the year, Kayshawn Boutte really had a very strong end of the season, had that big game against Ole Miss. Uh, he's been their number one guy so far. Leads the team. He catches yards, uh, touchdowns. He already got – he's already up to six touchdowns on the year. Uh, and so he's the main guy Mississippi State needs to look out for uh, come Saturday. Uh, but, man, this is a very beatable LSU team, and I think Mississippi State – uh, has it has the talent, has the scheme to beat them. And big announcement over this past week: the SEC released the 2022 football schedule, and Mississippi State, man, revenge from the get go. Bulldogs will open up at home against the Memphis Tigers on September the third. Uh, gonna be a lot of storylines in that one uh, after this this season's contest. Uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. Moving on, uh, then the Bulldogs will go two row games in a row and an interesting matchup in week two. Mississippi State heads to the west to Tucson, Arizona, to take on the Arizona Wildcats. Uh, Arizona sitting at 0-3 this year. Uh, so, I mean, obviously not playing them till the 2022 season, but uh, that's something to – to watch out for a uh, trip to Arizona awaits Mississippi State in 2022. Week three, Bulldogs will open up SEC play again with the LSU Tigers, uh, this time in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, uh, taking on LSU. That is on September the 17th uh, to kick off SEC play. Bulldogs will finish off September taking on Bowling Green, a team that actually – Back in 2013, played in Starkville and, and almost beat Mississippi State and, and Dak Prescott back then. I believe it was a 21-20 final. Uh, could be wrong, but it was a very close game. Uh, so Bowling Green coming to Starkville next season. And then Mississippi State kind of hits the SEC slate uh, with two home games. You got Texas A&M and Arkansas to open up. Uh the month of October, uh, followed by a visit to Lexington to take on Kentucky uh, and the Kentucky Wildcats on October the 15th. Uh, then travel to Tuscaloosa on October the 22nd, take on Alabama. Uh, then the Mississippi State won't leave the state of Mississippi for the last five weeks of the season. Get a bye week after Alabama. Uh, then Bulldogs will host Auburn and Georgia in consecutive weeks, November 5th and November 12th, before hosting East Tennessee State on the 19th. East Tennessee State, man, 1-0 against the SEC this year, knocked off Vanderbilt in week one uh, in Nashville. So East Tennessee State, and we'll see if they come in to start with some confidence next year, taking on another SEC opponent. Uh, and then Mississippi State will finish the regular season out in Oxford, Mississippi, for the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving night, November the 24th, Mississippi State at Ole Miss. Uh, so the Egg Bowl back on Thanksgiving. Uh, so an interesting, interesting slate of games for Mississippi State next season. You know, obviously the big game to start it off with Memphis going to be a lot of a uh, lot of headlines going into that one, and then a, a rare matchup with Arizona. Uh, get the home and home with them. So, going to 
play them in Strongville in 2023. Uh, and then the SEC slate, uh, you get Georgia this year at home. Tough draw for Mississippi State, but, uh, I mean, it is what it is. Part of being in the SEC, uh, Bulldogs will take on Georgia, like I said earlier, November the 12th in Starkville. Taking a look around the nation, got a few big games this weekend uh, headlined by, man, really two big games. You got an 11 o'clock kickoff between number 12, Notre Dame, number 18, Wisconsin. Um, man, going to be an interesting We got Notre Dame's quarterback, Jack Cohn, playing against his old team in Wisconsin. Uh, both of those teams have, have been tough to figure out so far, uh, I think, Saturday. We'll, we'll tell a lot about both of those teams. Steve, what do you got? Spence, I have a question for you. I've had a lot of mixed reviews so far, but what is your opinion? So, you know, this this game will be on Fox. What is your opinion of opinion of Fox having the big noon kickoff? Personally, I'm a big fan of it. It's it's nice to start the day off with a, with a big game. Like in week one, you had Wisconsin-Penn State. And then every year into the season, you have Ohio State-Michigan. I think it's just a fun way to – start off engaged in the weekend. Man, I like it, Steve. I, I I'm a big I'm big ESPN college game day type guy. Mm. Uh I I understand what Fox is doing. They're trying to compete and I think they've done well over the past few years. They got I mean obviously they got uh I believe they have Reggie Bush on there now. Uh I will say hand up I have never watched uh Fox's uh, pre-game show for or Fox's equivalent of a college game day. Uh, it looks great on the commercials, but I I've never seen it. So I know they've gotten some big names uh, recently for you know Fox. I, I really I really do like the big noon kickoff for Fox, um, but uh, usually it's it's kind of taking a back burner to some of these other games. Uh, that's the, I mean, I think it's, I think ESPN is still obviously in control. Um, and obviously this week, you know, you got Notre Dame, Wisconsin, but also at 11 o'clock on ESPN, you got the LSU Tigers and the Mississippi State Bulldogs. I would so, dare say game of the week right there. Surprise I mean, game I, game I think a lot, of, a lot of people <laughs> would have to agree with you there. I think both these these games are good. I think Notre Dame, Wisconsin, uh, that's a that's a good matchup. Uh, for the for the big noon kickoff and, and Fox, uh, so so Steve, my my question in looking at this game is, who is who is Notre Dame? They've played the Fighting some, Irish. They've played some bad bad games this year so far. You had an overtime win against a terrible Florida State team. And then they nearly lost to Toledo. They had to score a touchdown in the last minute to take the lead and, and finish that game. So I, I think this is the first real test that Notre Dame will have, and this is the first time that the nation will be able to see, like, is Notre Dame a, le- a legit contender? And also, what is Wisconsin? Wisconsin has been – Troubled with turnovers on offense this year. The, the defense is solid. That That's without question. But I'm wondering if their offense will have enough to separate from Notre Dame. I I don't know. That's that's a tough 
game to pick because you do have that that revenge factor of, of Jack Cohn. Um, Steve, let me tell you something. <laughs> let me tell you something, Steve. I think the University of Notre Dame Fighting Irish is, is a playoff team. I know right now they're ranked about number 12 in the nation, but I think this is a great team, and I think they go into Wisconsin and they win that game 65-7. Here's the thing. It's not at Wisconsin. Yeah, that's on me. That's Soldier Field. That is right. It is a neutral site game. That is on me. That is actually on Dr. Lou. That is on Dr. Lou. not looking at the schedule correctly. Where did he go? He was here for a second. Good, uh, Good visit from Dr. Lou there and his thoughts on Notre Dame, Wisconsin game this week. So, Steve, fi- final, take. Yeah, I, give me a final I, take. I I see Wisconsin grinding out an ugly, ugly game. Um, I, I don't have a final score prediction, but I, I see That's Wisconsin okay. pulling it out. I just don't have enough faith in Notre Dame so far. Um, this is a great spot for them to prove me wrong, but until they do – I can't, I can't side with the Irish. I like that pick, Steve. I'm going to have to go Wisconsin as well. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, uh, like a 17-13 game, maybe yeah. even less than that, you know. Uh, but, yeah, going to have to go Wisconsin in that one. Moving on to another marquee matchup, this one in the SEC, 230 CBS kickoff. Uh, you got number seven, Texas A&M, number 16, Arkansas. Is Arkansas for real? Yes or no, Steve? Give me one word right now. I'm going to have one to word. lean towards no, but that doesn't mean I don't think they win this game. I think Arkansas has been fortunate so far to play against some teams that the nation has overrated. I'm not sure if Texas is that good. Um, and I'm not what sure about Georgia the, Southern. <clears throat> that that's without question. George Southern is one of the best teams in the country. I, I am mistaken, but for me, this game all comes down to who wins Arkansas's run game or Texas A&M's defensive line. Cause that's the bread and butter of Arkansas being able to run the ball, pound the rock. Um, if they can keep their quarterback out of this game, not having to be a major factor and just dominate the ground, I think Arkansas wins this game fairly easily. AM has a very good defense. It's time for them to show it against a much superior opponent than what they faced in the past three weeks. Yeah, I agree with you, Steve. I think uh I think I I think I gotta go with my gut, and my gut says Arkansas is gonna win this ball game. I think Texas AM on their backup quarterback, Zach Calzada, he, he was impressive last week. Uh, I know it was against, uh, I believe it's New Mexico. Texas A&M mm-hmm. won it 34 nothing. But I think Arkansas is playing with a lot of confidence right now. I think Sam Pittman has that team in a, I mean, an incredible turnaround in a short amount of time for Sam Pittman. Uh, and I think Arkansas keeps it going and knocks off A&M on Saturday. I think it's going to be a close one. Uh, I gotta say, every single time those Jerry World games, they get weird. Oh, no doubt. So no doubt. I, I think it'll be it'll be very fun to watch. Um, yeah, I, I have to agree. I think Arkansas ends up taking the edge. I, I don't. I'm not confident in A&M's backup, even though he had a great game 
last week. He has struggled with turnovers. He did against New Mexico. I think he gave up two picks. Um, to me, only putting up 34 against a bad New Mexico team makes me a little concerned about the offensive production. Um, also, I'm not really sure how good Arkansas's defense is. I think they, they're average to slightly above average. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. A lot of questions will be answered from this game. Yeah, so, um, man, moving past that one, we'll stay in the SEC. And two more games we're going to discuss uh, briefly. But we have Tennessee at number 11, Florida, 6 o'clock ESPN. Uh, you got new head coach at Tennessee, Josh Heupel, uh, trying to turn things around there. Tough loss against Pitt in week two. Uh, and then last week, Tennessee knocked off Tennessee Tech with these 56-0. But, yeah, big one with the Florida Gators and Dan Mullen. Who do you got in that one? I I think that's a – man, it's a a marquee matchup every year. I think Tennessee is still down. I think Florida showed that they could could compete with the big ones, uh, being toe-to-toe last week with Alabama. I think Dan Mullen gets it done uh, over Tennessee there. What do you think, Steve? I see this as a game where Tennessee wins a participation trophy. Thanks for thanks for showing up. You're a great sport. But I think they barely survive leaving the stadium. Florida is just going to run it up on them. You have that rivalry aspect. Florida with – I would dare to say a little bit of confidence after coming back and nearly beating a, a good Alabama team. They are trying to prove to the country that they are legit, and you know how you do that after a loss? You run it up you on run the it team. Up. You score 60. You score 70. Whoa, this is this 70 is, lobster. <laughs> 70 lobster. This is going to be a painful game to watch if you are a Tennessee fan. Um, I would dare to say just don't even turn on the TV. Whoa. Just – Watch the first quarter, keep it up on the ESPN app, and then once you see you're down twenty one nothing, just You don't go. see you don't see former uh Bulldog receiver Javante Payton having a big game and I, keeping the keeping the volunteers in. I wish him the best of luck, but I do not see anything positive coming out of Tennessee this weekend. There you have it. Uh Steve with a a Blowout prediction in favor of the Florida Gators, and we'll move on to our last game that we will discuss, and it's a big one, a huge one, in a little ACC versus Big 12 matchup. We got, that's right, Kansas at Duke. Two powerhouses, two blue bloods. You got five stars all over the field. You got Bill Self on one side. You got Mike Krzyzewski on the other (laughs) Steve, who do you, Spence, Spence, who do you here's have? The problem. Here's the problem. This isn't a basketball game. This is a football game. I didn't know if you if you misread that's that. That's on me. Misread the schedule again. Uh, <laughs> that's on me. That is going to be a bad football game. Uh, you got Kansas, who won their first game in like three years a couple of weeks ago in, man, close fashion against, I believe it's South Dakota. And then you got Duke. Who Duke's had some success under David Cutcliffe. They're sitting at two and one uh, this year. 
knocked off Northwestern last week, but they did open the season up with a loss to Conference USA opponent Charlotte. So, uh, Spence, st- Spence, I have a stat for you. I heard it earlier. I'm going to try to remember it as best I can. But in Kansas's last 33 games against an FBS opponent, can you guess how many times they've been favored? I'm going to say I'm going to say two. The answer is one. <sighs> they've been favored one time against an FBS opponent in the last. Uh, Three last thirty three games, not thirty three years. No, no, thirty, no, no, three years. Three years. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, this is. I, I'm not sure if you could pay me to go to this game. The only way, where is it at Duke? It is at Duke. The only way you could get me to go there is if you promise to give me a tour of uh, the basketball facilities before, during, and after the game. That is a that is a bad game, bad teams. I'm honestly surprised that I think the spread on that game was somewhere around 15 and a half, 16 points for Duke. I think I'm not even cover. sure if Duke scores that many points. I think they cover. I think Kansas is is. I think we were talking about this game earlier, Steve. I think Kansas is is next level bad. I think Duke beats them by three touchdowns. Uh, I mean, you have Kansas. Kansas lost to a bad Baylor team last week, 45 to seven. I don't. I think. I think Duke can score. I don't think Kansas is going to score very many points. Maybe a touchdown. Uh, I think Can- Duke runs away with that one. Uh, I, I have a quick question. Um, so everyone talks about the, the college football playoff, the top four teams in the nation. Who would be in your college football playoff of the four worst teams in the nation right now? Right now, uh, are we going? Every like every single FBS team, or are we just going Power Five? Let's go Power Five. That make it a lot easier okay. for, the, for the fans. So I think Vanderbilt uh, is going to be in there. Are they the uh, Are they the one seed? Being the worst, yes. No, oh. I think Kansas is worse than Vanderbilt. Interesting. And that would be a fantastic matchup That's to watch. Uh, I think. At this point, you gotta you gotta put the Florida State Seminoles up there too, sitting at they, zero and three. They are very bad. Just lost to uh, Jacksonville State a couple weeks ago. Got throttled by by uh, Wake Forest. Wake Forest. Which I'm starting to wonder is Wake Forest kind of flying under the radar. I'm not saying they're they're a playoff contender whatsoever, but could you see them being a, a top twenty five team? I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't think it. I don't think it's too hard to be in the top 25 these days. Uh, but, no, I think they are a top 25 team, and they will probably be in there pretty soon. Uh, so there's my three right there. Yeah, Vanderbilt, Florida State, and who's that last one? Kansas. Kansas. And then a 2022 opponent of Mississippi State, I got the Arizona Wildcats. That's close. They, went, they are 0-3 with the loss to Northern Arizona. That's what I was thinking. Um I'm gonna have to say I gotta gotta look through the schedule real quick because they are some extremely bad teams. Um, I agree with I I think Vanderbilt is number one. They are they're very bad. Um, I'm gonna have to put. I think I might just have to copy your your. 
your list because those all those teams are so so bad. They're bad. They're bad football teams. Uh, and yeah, I think those four right there would probably have to be the worst. I mean, all of them coming from different conferences. So mm-hmm. everybody's well represented in our <laughs> bottom four of the Power Five. As we wrap things up on episode two, we'll move on to a new segment. Uh, and we like to call it Locks of the Week. We'll have four picks, four guarantees, uh, two from the special guest of the week and then two from myself. Uh, for this week, we will have we'll – let, we'll let Steve kick it off. Steve, what is your first guarantee of the week? I've had a lot of time to think about this, and I think I'm going to have to lean towards the Colorado State versus Iowa under for that game at 44.5 points. I've looked back, and throughout Iowa's first three games this year, they have all hit the under. That being said, every single under has been about this close to around 44 to 47 points. Iowa has a great defense and does not have a lot of production on offense. And that has been true no matter who they play, whether it's a pretty good opponent in Iowa State or Indiana, or if they're trying to blow out a a terrible team. They're still not able to put up that many points, and they're just holding their opponents to absolutely nothing on offense. So I think that's a pretty easy, easy lock to pick right there. Yeah, so my first lock of the week, I got Auburn minus 27 against Georgia State. I think Auburn – uh, you obviously saw in the first two games against lesser opponents, they really ran up the score, and I don't think this week's going to be any different. Uh, coming off of last week, a tough loss at Penn State. Uh, back at home, I think Auburn runs away with this one. Uh, I think they score 50-plus points and knock off Georgia State. Georgia State, I was looking back at their their schedule so far, they lost to North Carolina 59-17, uh, so I think – uh, I, would, I would have to say that Auburn is a better team than North Carolina. So by the transitive property, uh, I, think that's, I think Auburn can get things done with ease. Steve, second pick. You know what? I really like what you said about that, that North Carolina score. That's why my second lock is going to have to be North Carolina minus 12.5 against Georgia Tech. I think North Carolina easily dominates this game. I think a lot of people wrote off uh, North Carolina way too early in the season with that first loss to Virginia Tech. It's a Friday night game. Everyone was watching. It was the only game on. And I think if it were during a Saturday, even if it were a 6 or 7 o'clock game on that Saturday, it still wouldn't be remembered as well as it was being the first big game of the season. I think UNC is on the right track to make another strong push to win the ACC, especially with Clemson not looking as good. Speaking of Clemson not looking as good, nearly lost to Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech is not a good football team. I'll just say it. Clemson just had a terrible performance, and I think Georgia Tech really gave it their all, their best shot against against a bad Clemson team, and so I think this is a big letdown spot for them. I see UNC blowing out Georgia Tech, even though it's technically a home game for Georgia Tech. Yeah, I like that one as well. Uh, So my last pick uh, is going to be – we got Michigan State minus five against Nebraska. Big on Michigan State uh, so far this season. I think they've been really impressive. Uh, last week they go on the road and blow out Miami with these. They came in six and a half point underdogs and uh, leave with a 38-17 win. And now you got Nebraska. Uh, it was, you know, Scott Frost has shown absolutely nothing 
uh, since he got he got to got there uh, to Nebraska, and uh, they did play Oklahoma close last week. I think that was more on Oklahoma not being uh, the team that everybody wants them to be. Uh, so I got Michigan State minus five against Nebraska this week. So that'll wrap up this week's episode of the Bruin and White Nation podcast. I want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, please join us next week as we discuss everything Mississippi State sports. Uh, hopefully Mississippi State gets to win this Saturday. Uh, it's going to be an exciting ball game at Davis Wade. I want to thank Stephen Russell for joining us today. Uh, great episode. Uh, so, like I said, join us next week. Thank you for listening, and hail State.